Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Debari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Be sure to check out Expand the Box Score. Use the promo code 40. Get four days of free advanced stats. So week 13 uh, coming up here. Week 12 in the books. The Thanksgiving week with no buys. Um, But week 13, we got some coming. But we did have some significant and some not so significant injuries that kind of Shook up some things this week and look like they're going to impact things going forward. So, Walt, how are you and where do you want to get started? Yeah, I can't believe we're already on lucky number 13. Now we, we get so excited about football every year that it flies by. Yeah, it's uh, it's wonderful and, and disappointing all at the same time. You know, I mean, being the, 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 the fantasy offseason in like what a month and a half. I mean, some um, teams, yeah, it's. So- Season's over already. It's week 13. Playoffs time for some leagues following this week. If you're, you know, one of those teams with one, two, three, four wins, it's already a wrap. You ain't making the playoffs. Your season's done after this week. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you're a one, two, or three win team, your season was done three, four weeks ago, right? At this point in time. But, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So, you know, moving on to next year. But like you said, only two teams on by this week, and they are the Cardinals and Panthers. So we're missing, you know, Kyler Murray return. we got some running backs that have been productive in James Conner, Dante Foreman, you know, ride receivers in DeAndre Hopkins, return of Hollywood Brown, DJ Moore, no tight ends to speak of. So not the, not the worst week um, as far as buys. Like you said, we do have – the last big uh, week of buys in, in week 14, we'll get into to them in, in short order or in advance in next week's <clears throat> episode. But, wow, it's good. You know, I started checking out a bunch of my teams, and I'm pretty competitive where I thought I was going to be competitive. You know, you know we have a few rebuilds that are works in progress, you know, so you got to you know, work those accordingly. But in, in the leagues where I thought I was going to compete, I'm largely competitive. My uh, my home league, you know, the the most important one. I think I've etched my uh, my playoff ticket. I've you know I've what do you say with a playoff ticket? I've stamped, punched I've punched, stamped, it. punched, I've punched my playoff ticket um, with, with a win last week. Uh, so that was nice to see. It hasn't been the best season for me. You know, I've been dealing with a litany of injuries, but if shit comes together, you know, you just got to get in the get in the dance and uh, give yourself a puncher's chance uh, in the playoffs. So. Excited about that, but let's dive into these unfortunate injuries. There's a few that you know hit my heart uh, worse than others. You know, right at this uh, pivotal time in the fantasy football regular season, so you can run the list. Yeah, um, I mean the the one I haven't seen an update. They, they said he could have gotten back in the game uh, in during the game, but they didn't use him to be safe. But ATN, have you seen an update on him? <clears throat> Yeah, that was the first one that, that hurt the heart. He was cleared to return uh, in the game against the Ravens. Foot injury, but yes, he did not play. Uh, another snap uh, led to a big Jamichael Hasty day. Um, 
I don't know if they were just being overly cautious with we'll him. Never, never get to say that again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, uh, hopefully he, you had him on your best ball roster. So, but it was also, there was no, uh, what's the name? No Darrell Henderson, who they had just acquired a week earlier. So even if there is something with Etienne, you're not going to get another week like that out of Jermichael Hasty. You know, they'll likely activate Darrell Henderson, and he'll be the running downs back with Hasty being the pass downs back would be my assumption. But Etienne has already said he's playing this week. Yeah. Um, but I also I forget what podcast I was listening to, but there was something that came out early in the season which showed his like running style and how it said it was he would be predisposed to like foot injuries with the way he runs, like mid foot sprains and the like. Like he just doesn't run, I guess, flat footed. Maybe he runs on his toes. I don't know. It makes me want to look into it. But he's this is the second time he's dealt with a foot injury. That's what ruined his uh, rookie season. So. That was the report with Judy, too. Do you remember that when he was coming out? That they said yeah, just his, yeah, him with his knees, right? Is, 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 and, and look, <laughs> they're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's the way the body's constructed or the way the player plays. I mean, it's just more predisposed to these type of injuries. And, he's, you know, you know, as far as at the end's concerned, he's, he's picked up another foot injury. So, calls for concern, but... Yeah, what's that could all be for naught if he comes back in tomorrow and gets, you know, it's sorry, he comes back in this week and gets his normal workload. You know, all will be right in the world. Yeah, the the uh, <laughs> other one that a guy we like, but mm. doesn't even matter for fantasy, he's done mm. nothing. Darnell Mooney, he's done for the season, high ankle, gonna need surgery. Another guy who you like and, and a lot of people like coming into the year, he's done for the year too, is Allen Robinson, another former bear. So, two receivers that you Probably, unfortunately, we're playing from time to time, but having them out is actually, I think, a good thing for fantasy because it, you know, really narrows down your decisions here when it matters heading into the playoffs. Yeah, it's like we were talking about Kyle Pitts last year or last week, right? That it was probably, you know, <laughs> best for the fantasy owners of uh, Kyle Pitts that he got hurt so he could finally move on. Um, don't remember when he had a few games, but yeah, no, no big games. They didn't ever throw it enough for him to get there, but yeah, so yes ligament damage um in his ankle um so significant it's not just like a high ankle sprain um he's going to need surgery on his ankle which is unfortunate and then alan robinson he said they're going to put like a screw in his foot or something um so they're just they're they're mailing it in the rams have tapped out on the year you know they i, I don't know that matt stafford plays again this year i'm pretty sure cooper cup's not going to take another snap why not just try and get some money in return for Allen Robinson and get him rehabbing quicker to maybe get something out of him next year. I think that was probably more of a business decision because it doesn't sound like Allen Robinson injured his foot last week. It's he's something he's been dealing with that they finally said, let's just go ahead and deal with this. Yeah. Doesn't like I said, it's probably a benefit to you <laughs> instead of deciding if you need to play this guy each week. Um, yeah. Another one hurts our heart. Elijah Mitchell, MCL sprain again, okay. out six to eight weeks. So he's, for for our purposes, for fantasy, that's the end of the year for him. He may be back in real football for the playoffs, but that doesn't mean anything to us. So that's done there. Another running back, Damian Harris, got banged up. Not sure how significant that is, but I think he's already been ruled out for week 13. Uh, more Ramondre Stevenson, please, and uh, other running backs, CMC got banged up, but he's likely to play. Michael Carter, I didn't see an update on him, but Michael Carter missed time, and I'll talk about more about his backups when I get to the Jets. And then last night, Najee Harris had an abdomen injury. I didn't see. There's no updates on that. Uh, 
he was out. Benny Snell played a, a ton of snaps in that game. I think he got in the end zone too. I didn't see any of it looking at the box score, but, um, you know, we lost a couple of running backs there that are important for fantasy. Yeah, Damian Harris, uh, thigh injury quad. They're in a short week. They play Thursday. He's not expected to play per Ian Rappaport. Um, Elijah Mitchell, the MCL to his other knee, um, which is just insane. Um, <clears throat> Shanahan did say it's not to believe, believed to be as serious as the one he suffered in week one, which took him out for the first half of the year. But to your point, I mean, they still said something like six to eight weeks. Yeah. So done for the fantasy year. You now, likely done for the NFL regular season. Maybe they get him back for their playoff run uh, where they're going to need him. Christian McCaffrey, I've heard it's patella tendonitis that he's experiencing. So it's like knee soreness, like micro tears in, in the patella tendon. Um, doesn't sound good. Um, probably explains why they're limiting his workload. Uh, so now that there's no more Elijah Mitchell, we'll, we'll be talking about some other guys uh, in the waiver wired column. But Cause for concern, you know, with that 49ers run game a little bit. Um, Michael Carter <clears throat> sprained his ankle. Um, not reading high, low, anything, but, you know, it was a nice Zonovan night coming out party. My boy, Tyler Johnson, who I've been stabbing yeah. for forever, actually you know, produced as well. You've mentioned James Robinson. It's likely he'd be activated um, if Michael Carter missed any games, but it would probably just be an even uglier committee than it was already for the Jets. Um, so I don't know if there's any real winners there um, w- with that injury. And then there's some kind of probably important injuries that aren't directly fantasy related. Um, for the Miami Dolphins, Tron Armstead suffered a pec strain on Sunday. He is going to miss some time. That certainly hurts the Miami Dolphins <laughs> passing attack. They will be playing the 49ers this week. Um, so, so that's a little unfortunate. Uh, for the Miami Dolphins. And then Tristan Wirfs had to be carted off due to a foot injury. The x-rays were negative, but he was in a boot, and we all know about boots uh, over at the 40. So he's going to miss some time, uh, which is just probably going to further hurt that already struggling Buccaneers offense. Um, So, you know, those are two kind of big-name, big-time tackles, um, you know, that are going to be missing some significant time for their teams. Yeah, and then the only uh, wide receivers of note, I, I saw Debo got banged up. I did not see the specifics on that either. And Jacoby Myers got hurt. Um, I think he's going to miss, just like Damian Harris, because it is a short week for them. But another one, I don't have a full new update, but those are the main new injuries at wide receiver this week. Yeah, I mean, Jacoby Myers probably would have had a monster game. He, he got hurt on, like, the first catch, came back, got <laughs> – it again, like, or landed on the ball and like another diving catch, and like, look, he got hurt again uh, on the play. He was setting up for for a big week. Debo, I know that he came in with a hamstring, but I think he got, I think it was <laughs> when I read it, he got clotheslined uh, on the on a play, which is what knocked him out. <laughs> um, is a uh, and, and also he didn't do shit in the game. I mean, we have to be a little bit concerned about Debo, but he's another one that should benefit from the Elijah Mitchell injury, yeah. one would think. But him with the hamstring, I don't know how much you're going to trust wanting to get him extra carries. You know, so um, yeah, that's that's that. You know, none of them are season enders, but you know, certainly they've been impacting production. Yeah. And, oh, and I, the only quarterback with, I 
that kind of got hurt that I forgot to mention because he's been hurt, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has been dealing with a broken thumb on his throwing hand, and then uh, I believe he hurt an oblique and a rib in this game. Uh, he said he would like to play if the team is still competitive and in it. We know they're not, so you think, you're, you know, if you're reading the tea leaves, it sounds like he might be shut down for the year. I mean, wait for an update there, but kind of a lost season for him and the Packers. They stink. Yeah, um, reading here with my quick Twitter search that, you know, it's usually a one to three week injury. It's pain tolerance. You know, you could get an injection um, to, to deal with the pain. But if it's significant, you know, anywhere between two and four weeks um, with fractures. And to your point, they are not competitive. So I get he wants to be, a, I guess, a good teammate. <laughs> but what's the point? I mean, you're, you might as well get. Jordan Love out there for some significant reps and see what you got in this kid, but they're they're that's a nightmare scenario for the Packers. You know where where they're at. They're not competitive. They're committed financially to Aaron Rodgers, and you know now he's starting to get old and pick up injuries. You know that's what happens when you get older. You don't yeah. bounce back from this shit as quick. So <clears throat> tough spot, but yeah, we we mentioned old Aaron, you know, and uh, my ten and one Eagles. Might have ended his uh, Packers tenure. Who knows? Yeah, speaking of the Eagles, real quick, we mentioned, talked about IDP a little bit on the Thanksgiving show. Mm. But two, two of my favorite players in football, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on, on your Eagles and Eddie Jackson of my once kind of sort of come and go Bears, both <laughs> out for some significant – Eddie Jackson's done for the year already. He hurt his foot. I believe it's a Liz Frank. And Garner Johnson lacerated his spleen. I don't know. I don't know what the timetable is on that, but at least on paper, it sounds pretty terrible. So uh, you might be needing some safety help in your IDP leagues this week. Yeah, lacerated kidney for oh, kidney. Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Um, so sorry, we're just going to take the spleen out and move on. Yeah, kidneys kidneys are important. Got two of them. Take the take the bad one out. Yeah, yeah. Take the lacerated one out. Go to um, Ronnie Lott method. <laughs> Ronnie yeah. Lott would take his fucking kidney out, coward. Yeah, easily. You know these players nowadays caring about their health. Um, yeah, that was a that was a tough one to watch on a you know that dude likes bringing the bringing the the lumber and he was the recipient on that one. It was just strange. It's just the way he, his body reacted after getting hit. You know, it was something serious. So, <laughs> but he's also a tone setter on this defense. You know, so it's that is a huge blow for us. And he was leading the NFL in interceptions. I mean, so you referenced an IDP. So, yeah, that hurts as well. Um, the last thing, I guess it was injury-related. I don't know if you saw uh, A.J. Brown's eye. Did you see that? No. A.J. Brown was so sick last week that he was vomiting to the point where he ruptured a blood vessel in his eyeball. Oh. Um, so he dropped like 7 to 10 pounds. And his eye, one inside of his eye, his right eye, literally just entirely Blood red, yeah. a little crazy um, on the field, but that was, you know, that, that was a tough man right there, but he needs to start learning to hold on to the rock. So I think that's injuries. And you know, now into a monumental, pivotal week 13. Like you said, some playoffs are starting next week. Um, at worst, they're starting week 15. So this is likely winner go home time for, for anyone. You know, in Dynasty, you've probably already decided what you're doing with your team at, at this point, but we got a lot of games to rock through, so why don't we get into this? Uh, real quick, speaking of playoffs, uh, two hosts of the Fantasy 40 podcast have advanced 
to the next round and Scott Fishbowl. Boom! <laughs> now, now the problem is that uh, I uh, now lose my DJ Moore and my receivers have been a rough spot for me this season, and I will be losing DJ Moore this week. Um, so that's that's tough. It shouldn't be that big of a hit for most teams, <laughs> DJ Moore, but it is a huge one to my Scott Fishbowl team as he's been my second most productive wide receiver the last several weeks. But maybe we'll get a little Elijah Moore sighting again this week <clears> if they <throat> stick with Mike White. I would love to see it. i love to fire up Elijah Moore in a must-win Scott in, in must-win spot in the Scott Fishbowl. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go east first, I guess, this week, starting with uh, Miami. Miami kicked the shit out of Houston. It was right out of the gate. Looking at, you know, how they track percentage to win at any point in the game. At, 110%. At, at like the two-minute mark, it was the lowest it was the whole game. It was 86.8%. So this was never in doubt. Uh, as a result, they took the foot off the gas towards the end. Skylar Thompson saw a 28% snap share. Um, with Mostert out, Gaskin saw 34% of snaps. Could, could you plug him in if Mostert were to miss significant time? He didn't really do much. Six carries for 17 yards, one catch for four. I mean, it's better than taking a zero this time of year, but uh, Gasecki one target, no receptions. Like I said, it's hard to read anything into this because of the way that game went. I mean, they they probably scrapped their game plan the whole second half and kind of let – What was interesting, though, that the whole run game sucked. I mean, Jeff Wilson didn't do shit either. I mean, yeah, he got in the end zone for you, but, I mean, they averaged two and a half yards rushing as a team, 26 carries. Like, they got a little bit of Skylar Thompson at the end dragging that down, but – I just don't think they cared. Yeah, I, I really think that's what it – you know. It, for it was, a 30 to 15 win, it was like a, a fantasy wasteland, right? I mean, Tua just under 300 and a touchdown, no touchdowns for Hill or Waddle. The touchdown went to Dorm Smythe. You know, yes, Jeff Wilson got a touchdown, but he had 39 yards rushing. On, I mean, wasn't on the it day. 30 to six heading into the fourth? It was, uh, yeah. I mean, it was 30 so. nothing at halftime. Yeah. And then the Dolphins didn't score in the second half. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I know they took their foot off the pedal, but for teams putting up 30 and getting literally nothing from any of your fantasy viable resources is a, is a tough boat as well. The Miami defense was the, was the team that was who to start. <laughs> Yeah. Go, going back to Thursday, Buffalo played on the Thanksgiving game. Absolutely by the book. Nothing to see here. Uh, McKenzie got in the end zone. He got 73% snap share. Uh, it's it's all Singletary in the backfield. Knox is the only tight end of note. But, yeah, nothing nothing of interest here at all. Nothing new to, to address. The uh, New England Patriots, Stevenson with Harrison, Harris getting hurt. Stevenson had 82% snap share. And then the same – Spin the wheel at wide receiver. We, we mentioned Myers getting hurt, was on, having a nice start to the game, but he went out. Parker, Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Thornton, they were kind of one through four as far as snaps went, and that's kind of how it's been all year. They have kind of a clear pecking order, and it unfortunately changes game to game. So nothing you could read into there in that game. And the last and certainly not least, the Mike White-led New York Jets he went 22 of 28 for 315, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He has some good ones, and then he has some stinkers. So we'll see what he does coming back next week. We mentioned um, Michael Carter being in there. He got hurt. Uh, Ty Johnson ended up with 24% snap share, and Zonovan Knight kind of emerged, the guy that we liked going back to the pre-draft process, 48% snap share. 
uh, 14 carries for 69 yards. I, I saw no football this week. I just did some box score scouting, so I didn't even see highlights. I have no idea how he looked, but I like what I see on the paper. And then uh, seeing the wide receivers just with a new quarterback in there, how that went. Um, Garrett Wilson, eight five receptions on eight targets for 95 and two scores, so he had the big day. I heard people were talking about, oh, it's Elijah Moore has been unlocked. He had two targets. <laughs> he caught them both for 64 and a touchdown. But I want to see more targets. I mean, he only had a 35% snap share. He he performed on it. But, you know, kind of looking at the snaps and the targets, it's hard to trust that week in and week out. Um, Corey Davis returned from injury with a 68% snap share, three targets, only caught one for nine yards, so did nothing with it. And uh, Denzel Mims was just behind Moore with 29% snap share, got one target in the game. So I, as much as you in particular like Moore, and I think Moore's good, for whatever reason, they just don't want to have him featured heavily. I mean, Corey Davis missed a few weeks, came back in and leapfrogged everybody except for Garrett Wilson. Yeah, well, yeah, a few points of note. Your your East is facing off on Thursday night football when the the Patriots host or the Bills host the Patriots. So the Bills are going to be on back to back Thursday night games, um, and Mac Jones spread the ball around like a monster in his last game. Now, granted, it was against the Vikings, so let's see what he can do uh, against a more formidable defense in, in the Bills. And then as far as the Jets were concerned, I mean, yeah, you mentioned Elijah Moore with his two targets. I mean, less targets than Tyler Conklin, Zonovan Knight, C.J. Uzama, and mm-hmm. you have to mention Corey Davis. So, yeah, I mean, still two for six, four in a touchdown. You'll take it, but, you know, you're not going to live off that type of target volume. So hopefully he continues to work his way out of Robert Silas immense doghouse um, <laughs> and and gets back into the good graces because he is a good player um, and he could produce if he continues to be on the field. I mean, you just need to get that snap share up. Zonovan Knight did look good, but again, the Bears are like one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I mean, so it's tough not to look good. Tyler Johnson looked good as well with his you know, big touchdown run. So, you know, between the two of them, 19 carries for 131 yards between the two. I mean, that's that's pretty nice. But again, it's largely impacted by the, the team they played. So reserve judgment on Zonovan Knight for, for another week. But still, yes, we did like the guy and Hey, he got opportunity, and he produced with it in the passing game, too. And uh, sell Mike White anywhere you have him in Dynasty Superflex because it doesn't matter how good he's going to do. There's just no long-term viability in Mike White. So if you can if you can get anything decent in return, go get it is my we, advice. We mentioned a few weeks ago I went through the list of teams that are in need of a quarterback. I don't think I included the Jets. I thought they were going to be content, but obviously that's out the window now, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get trying to sit him down, you know, sit Zach Wilson down to, hopefully, you know, allow him to. I don't know, get away from it and not be in the eye, and you know, maybe realize like when it's taken away from him, how important it is, and all that type of shit. But he just doesn't look good when he's on the field. I mean, it's just it's just the reality of the situation is, you see a guy like Mike White just playing the position the way that this coaching staff wants to. Like, how many times can you keep going back to Zach Wilson? You know what I think, and I think part of it, and I, I always bring up Ron Rivera for this, right? Like Rivera's job was on the line back in Carolina that one year. He said, fuck, I'm going to get fired. So you start taking more risks, and a lot of them 
will work out in your favor. And then he becomes Riverboat Ron, but then his job is secure, and then he fucking stinks again. And I think that's kind of a thing with Wilson, right? Like, you're so scared to make mistakes. You play you play scared, and you end up sucking. And then a guy like Mike White, he has absolutely nothing to lose. It's in his best interest just to be a maniac out there and fire the ball all over. Worst case scenario, you're back on the bench just like you were. So – I, I think a lot of coaches and quarterbacks would do better if they just kind of let her rip and be a little wild. Yeah, Ron, three yards in a cloud of dust, Rivera. God. Right, that's, that's no, no river boating for for that man. But all right, from your east to my east, right? Ten and one Eagles, first double digit win team of the twenty twenty two NFL season. It was not in. You know, in, in easy fashion, we we made that as as difficult of a win as possible. Still have tons of questions for our defense, and now we lose Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who's a tone setter on the back end. Um, I was actually quite impressed with what Green Bay was doing, especially in those few instances. They kept putting A.J. Dillon kind of like throwing him, you know, like pretty much like screens or, or quick outs and making our cornerbacks tackle him, <laughs> which I think is probably a good recipe. Yeah. Um, putting a 240 pound running back on downhill against guys who don't generally like tackling or do it very often. And just really stressing the defense. And then Christian Watson just continued to Christian Watson, but we'll, we'll get into green Bay from there. But Miles Sanders, again, the clear snap leader, but it was only 54% of snaps. He finally had his boom game and I sat him in one league. Uh, I did. I sat him for Antonio Gibson. We were mentioning Ron Rivera uh, in a PPR um, <clears throat> because Miles Sanders was touchdown or bust. Well, he touched down. 21 for 143 and two. He looked amazing doing it. Even at three for 17 receiving, which are like, well, that is nothing. But it's the most receptions he's had in the game this year. And it just, there's these zero pass game involvement. Three for 17. I will take it week in and week out with the Miles Sanders because that's an extra 4.7 PPR points. He had his 24 touches on only 43 snaps. So highly, you know, highly involved when he was on the field. Devonta Smith, 93%. And the aforementioned throwing up till he, Burst his eyeball, A.J. Brown. <laughs> played 96% of the snaps. They continue to see heavy snaps, especially with Dallas Goddard out. Not good games. Four for 50 for Devonta Smith. A.J. Brown, four for 46 and a touchdown with a fumble lost. Just wasn't a big passing effort. Only 153 yards with two passing touchdowns for Jalen Hurts. And that's because he had 157 rushing yards on the day. He was just gashing the Packers defense. I mean, they set a record north of 300 rushing yards uh, on the week. Um, and that's largely how they, they got away with that win, but still giving up far too many points, uh, especially to inferior teams. You know, Aaron Rodgers left the game in the third, I think we're early fourths and it was in the second half. And Jordan Love came in and looked like a season pro out there, just moving the ball and scoring points on us. He's actually the one. Well, did he look good? I didn't he see did. any of it. He did look good. He's actually the one that threw the touchdown to Christian Watson. But from and I'm talking more about the Packers than I'm about the Eagles. So let's stay in the East. Dallas Cowboys, eight and three. Tony Pollard, 59% of snaps to Zeke's 51%. Sure didn't look like it watching the game. Um, Pollard actually outcarried Zeke as well, 18 to 16, but only 60 yards and no touchdowns for Pollard. 92 yards and a touchdown for Zeke. I have to say, Zeke did look better, looked a little more explosive this week. He looked sluggish his first week back. He actually looked passable this week um, in his production. 
And that's how it's going to be going forward. I mean, at best, we're talking 50-50 split you know, with these two guys in, in the in the carry. So hopefully Pollard in games that require it will, you know, he'll be more productive as a pass catcher. CeeDee Lamb, 80% of snaps, played 60 snaps overall and saw 11 targets. You know, had a nice game. I still think he caught a touchdown in the back of the end zone, but didn't get credit, but still at 100-yard day. And then Dalton Schultz, I called the big Dalton Schultz day. He played 84 snaps, 84% of snaps. My apologies. Highest snap share since week four. Four targets, four catches, 31 yards, two touchdowns for Dalton Schultz. Uh, right on the money. It was it just, just screamed Dalton Schultz game, and he hit. Who did they beat? They beat the Giants. Giants are 7-4. and four. They have lost three of their last four games, with the only win in their last four being against the Houston Texans. I don't know if that should count or not, but the Giants are showing their true colors at this point in time. They were overachievers. They are now going to come back down to earth. Like I said, they could end up the season seven and 10, eight and nine when this is all said and done. Saquon, 73% of snaps. He was bottled up yet again this week. Did get in the end zone rushing, but 11 for 39 rushing and only four for 13 receiving. Just not what you've been getting from Saquon early in the season. Even his utilization is down. And Gary Brightwell came in and actually looked more explosive. Yeah, um, in his limited touches, but not to say it's better than Saquon, but maybe they're just using Saquon too much. You know, had a 30 carry game a few weeks back. Like maybe that's not in Saquon's best interest, but hey, maybe they don't expect for Saquon to be there. See, I think <laughs> you st- they won games force feeding him the ball at the start of the year to, to see what they did a week ago where they sucked and he did nothing because they didn't use him to come back this week and not use him again is insane to do it in two weeks in a row. Like I, th- this was one of the more frustrating coaching decisions of the week for me. I mean, I, I don't have any Barkley anywhere, so it didn't like hurt me personally, but just knowing what their team had done earlier in the year and how they used their players to see them just come out a week. You know what I mean? They didn't learn anything from last week, which was like, shit, maybe we should get Barkley the ball a little more again because we didn't last week and got beat. And then they don't do it. it I don't know. To me, that's just poor coaching. And the irony was they were up 13-7 at halftime too. So it's yeah. not even like it was game script. I mean, Dallas came out in the second half, put 14 up in the, in the third quarter to take the lead to 21-13, to and then they exchanged touchdowns in the fourth. But you know, they had every opportunity to get Saquon the ball early on. It's gross. They really didn't do it. Top fantasy wide receiver for the week? Of course, Richie James. Four for you know five for forty one and a touchdown. He has the fourth quarter touchdown, but you now as they're just whittling down their pass catching court, it is still never Kenny Galladay. That's oh. what we can be sure of. Slayton was a yard away from a big day. He got tackled literally on like the half a yard line on a deep ball, but he was three for sixty three and, and no touchdown. But three for sixty four and a touchdown would have been pretty nice as I had him in a few spots. But they just still don't want to throw the ball. Um it seemed odd that Daniel Jones threw it 35 times because that's not what I saw in the game. Um, but there was no one that was super productive because they don't really have any alpha receivers. Down to the commanders, we talked about Riverboat Ron and three yards in a cloud of dust Ron and dusty-ass Ron and upsetting <laughs> me with just shelving, mothballing Antonio Gibson in the second half. I mean, just disappeared. 42% of snaps for Antonio Gibson produced a nine for 32 rush line, three for 22 receiving Brian Robinson, 48% of snaps. That was 30 snaps, 18 rushes for 105 yards, no touchdowns, two catches for 20 yards and a touchdown, 20 touches on 30 snaps. He loves Brian Robinson. I mean, it's just, he can't 
you can't wait to go back to Brian Robinson. It's clear. Like when he when he was using Gibson, it was like like, like he hated himself. Or maybe he just hate, I think he just hates Gibson. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He definitely hates Gibson, but he hated himself for doing it. Like he's like, we got to get back to Brian Robinson. You know, and Robinson looked good this week. This was the first week Brian Robinson looked good, in my opinion. It was against the Falcons. You know, not tough to do. Um, but sucks for Antonio Gibson. Terry McLaurin had his had six targets. His lowest mark with Taylor Heineke this year and dudded yet again, four for 48. They do not want to throw the ball whatsoever. Um, you know, talk about a team that just wants to win games. Taylor Heineke threw it 23 times uh, on the game. He was 14 and 23 for 138 passing yards. Like they literally are like taking the Falcons playbook and running with it at this point in time. It's literally 37 carries to 23 pass attempts. That's, that's where we're at um, with, with the, Commander. So any game that they're favored, it's probably a Brian Robinson game. Any game they're probably predicted to lose, I would still assume Antonio Gibson will get back out there. So take that for what you will. They play the Giants this week. Then they have a bye. Then they play the Giants again. Um, <laughs> not, it's not good for Gibson because they're not a team that's – they're good enough to not get killed, but they're not good enough to – blow other teams out, they're going to be in all close games to finish. Yeah, well, Saturday, the Christmas Eve against the 49ers, they should get whitewashed. So I would assume that's going to be Brian Watson doing shit in that game. And then versus the Browns on New Year's Day with Deshaun Watson to be determined, but that they could be two good matchups. But we're talking week 16 and 17 there. I mean, yeah, you're not going to feel good about Antonio Gibson. None of the next three weeks because it's the Giants twice and a bye, which is unfortunate, but it also, also makes Brian Robson probably not must start, but he's easily a flex worthy player um, down the stretch we, going into the playoffs. We, we've got our cameras off, and I mean, we're not, we don't do a, a real video pod here, but I wish you could have seen my face as you walked me through the Antonio Gibson <laughs> schedule. And I'm thinking about teams where I know I'm going to have to start him if I make it to the championship. I just would like to. Take a moment to thank you for just crushing any hopes and dreams I had of Listen, anything the, good. The, the good. The thing about that, it goes for both of us, pal. Right? <sighs> you know I mean, just I didn't wanted him out. Yeah, you know, like I just yeah, you know, finally commit to Brian Robinson, let Antonio Gibson go. Because imagine him in like Buffalo, you know, like just in a high-powered offense. He doesn't need twenty touches. Yeah, you know, I mean, he anywhere get him San Francisco anywhere. Yeah, Anywhere carries and just get him like four to five targets a game. Like he could live in like that 15 touch range. He would be an absolute animal. Bears. Put him in Montgomery. Yeah. yeah. Him with fields. Oh, anywhere, anywhere, but with Ron Rivera, who just hates him. Get him out of Washington. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, but I don't know what his contract is. I think he's probably got at least one more year there would be my assumption. Um, Which sucks. It seems like they're going to, keep him around through his prime and ruin him, even though he has done nothing but produce when they've given him opportunity. So, yeah. Sucks for the commanders, but that is my East on you, Johnny. All right. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go weird directions. Cause I'm, yeah, I'm sick of ending on the same two teams every week. So I'm going East to West. So starting with the chargers, Josh Kelly returned to action after missing some games with injury. Uh, I'd mentioned last week grabbing Spiller, who seems to be taking that number two role. No, sir. Josh Kelly jumped in first game back, 21% of snaps. Uh, Spiller went down to 12% after seeing 25, 17, and 19 the previous three weeks. And Sony Michelle, a ghost, didn't uh, see the field at all. Don't even know if he was a healthy scratch. Doesn't matter. Saw no snaps. Moving to wide receiver, 
Josh Palmer led the way, 95% snap share. Keenan Allen, 89%, so he seems to be fully back. DeAndre Carter, 80%. Mike Williams, still fringe injury. Might be back sooner rather than later. Um, Gerald Everett also missed time with injury, came back, saw 58% of snaps. Trey McKitty still on the field, 39% snap share. So Everett seems to be healthy. Allen seems to be healthy. They get Josh Kelly back, who the team seems to like. So Chargers, I would say, are trending upward to to wrap up the fantasy season here. Kansas City, your boy. Jarek McKinnon, 34% of snaps. Isaiah Pacheco, 51%. And do you know Ronald Jones was on the field for 11 snaps this week? I did. I watched the game. Uh, (laughs) It it took me a second. I was like, who the fuck is that? I knew that CH was out, and I also knew that they were likely going to elevate Ronald Jones. But it still took me a second to really put the two together uh, when I saw him. Rocking is number two uh, on the field. He's number two? Yeah. God, I, I have another reason to hate him more. He's definitely a number two. Ugh. He's a deuce. So they And they uh, signed another one of our favorites here. Melvin Gordon was been added to the Chiefs practice squad. So they got Gordon and Ronald Jones. Can, can we hate this more? Um, listen, I, I <laughs> know they both note. stink. So, uh, and I trust Andy Reid. So hopefully that's just depth, you know, for the – the playoffs because they know that you know CEH was a huge swing and miss as a first round pick, but I just like watching Pacheco. You know, he he looks like he is on speed. Looks good, yeah. Like literally, you know, he, he's just sniffing Adderall before every game. Like he just <laughs> explodes up after every tackle. He's running around looking to hand anyone the ball. That's good, the yeah. I mean, the kid just high energy. I want to see more of it. And then Jerry McKinnon, I you know I love Jerry McKinnon. I, I think. He was a he was a few injuries away from being a fantasy star for a good three to four year period of time. If he didn't get hurt going to San Fran, who knows what could have happened with sure. his career? But he's a, he's a hell of a player too. So I'm not scared of Melvin Gordon or Ronald Jones in that backfield. No, I, I think they're I think the team has got a good system going with Pacheco and McKinnon right now. They seem to be a good one-two combo. Not that it's the the old school thunder and lightning, but they both kind of bring their own thing out there. And obviously Andy Reid's running backs can always have tremendous upside for fantasy. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out the remainder of the way. At wide receiver, Justin Watson, 84% of snaps. He's been seeing a ton of snaps, but doing nothing. Two targets. Uh, Valdez Scantling, 58% of snaps, five targets. Juju, 38% with three targets. And then Sky Moore, six targets on a 46% snap share. He might be trending up, might be worth stashing and redraft if you're heading to the playoffs. If he ends up kind of breaking out here to close the year, I mean, you you have the potential to be a wide receiver one for the next, you know, six weeks of the season or whatever's left. Yeah, Sky Moore has had six targets and five receptions each of the last two games, and he's totaled 99 yards with them. So he's he just is underneath kind of dump offy guy for them right now. You know, averaging shy of 10 yards per target, but he's getting he's getting opportunity. I mean, he yeah. takes six targets in a Patrick Mahomes offense. Um, moving definitely down to the <laughs> abhorrent Denver Broncos. Latavius Murray, 82 percent of snaps. Marlon Mack saw 10 percent, which was six snaps. Uh, arguably the most disappointing team of the season uh, with Judy out again, Cortland Sutton, 93% of snaps turned into six catches for 75. And then Kendall Hinton 
kind of out of nowhere. We knew he was playing a little bit more with Judy out. He ended up 92% of snaps, like I said, nine targets, leading the team, only five catches for 35. They're they're averaging 14 points a game. This team is just <laughs> trash. So even a guy like Sutton and Hinton, who if, if Hinton can catch more than five of his nine targets, I mean, that, that's a decent little PPR day for you, but they're not getting in the end zone. And I don't, at this point in the year, it's not turning around. Like I, I, I put Wilson in one lineup this week thinking, all right, Carolina's got a good defense, but they suck. If there's a game to pop, this is it. I, I, I'm done now. If they haven't done it, it's not happening. This is the year is lost. It, it's you know, just looking through this Broncos schedule. I mean, it, I, I don't know why I was buying in to <laughs> Russ. They, they haven't scored above 23 points in any given week. Like that's their high. They've I think Wilson has eight touchdowns. I mean, it's, yeah, I think there's a running joke now. He has more bathrooms in his house than touchdown passes. Correct. In his house, someone yeah, has he, a tracker. Someone has put a tracker on a tracker, tracker for everything. The last three weeks and their losses: 10, 16, and ten points. And it's against the Titans, Raiders, and Panthers. Like the only probably good defense that I've seen is the Titans. Panthers have a lot of good. pieces. Or oh, he's on Denver. Fuck. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Listen. He, listen. He wouldn't score against his own defense either. So it's just crazy how bad they've been. It's epically, epically bad. You know, now his own teammates are just screaming him down on the sidelines. You know, like, it's dude, it's Rome is burning in uh in mile high. This is you know, we're talking about how bad Green Bay is. I mean, yeah, Russ is cooking. Is. Russ is cooking, all right. He's burning the whole fucking kitchen down. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's taking out a you know, he's taking down Walmart. Ooh. So it's uh yeah, it's bad. Woof. Bad. And moving yeah. on to the Las Vegas Raiders, your boy, Josh Jacobs, monster game this week. Nice. So, some weeks I had, you know, depending on your scoring, he scored like 56 points. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, glad I got to face off against that this week. Um, but uh, even with that big game, Amir Abdullah had three carries for 16, caught three for 39, and got in the end zone. So even Abdullah produced a little bit and, and – they seem to like him, Zamir White. Unfortunately, is he done? Is he done already? Because he can't even get on the field behind Amir Abdullah. That's kind of a red flag for me. Um, and then wide receivers. Even when they had their full complement of receivers, when Waller was healthy, when Renfro was healthy, Mac Hollins was still out there almost constantly. So they have a pretty clear pecking order in the wide receiver room. I wish this was a a better offense because then you could just plug Adams and Hollins both in week in and week out. Uh, Foster Moreau's been seeing all the snaps since Waller has been officially out. And then Moreau's, I would say he's coming on the last few weeks as he's gotten more comfortable and being out there hundred percent of snaps, I think four weeks in a row. So Moreau's worth stashing probably, especially for the playoffs. I don't know if Waller comes back, especially if the team's mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, but pretty, pretty good wide receiver distribution if you're looking for you know consolidating it on a team that doesn't spread it around and, and targeting a guy who's going to be on the field you could do a lot worse than Hollins but that that concludes the West yeah I mean Josh Jacobs all hail Josh Jacobs absolute monster how, how much money do you think that game was worth how, that's a good question oh for him yeah uh, you think that's I mean, a three million dollar game 
Listen, he's, he's, he's legitimized himself as being able to be a bell cow. I mean, even through this cash, I mean, 30, 40 opportunities, 39 touches in the game. I mean, six or 74 receiving some great catches in that game too. So, I mean, just look at what they're doing with the running backs. You mentioned Amir Abdul, three for 39 and a touchdown. They had 113 yards and a touchdown on nine catches to their running backs in the game. I mean, that's bonkers production. Foster Moreau, three catches and a touchdown in two of his last three games. So, you know, in a tough tight end landscape, you mentioned it. I mean, he's certainly startable. I don't know if when Waller's coming back. I think he at least needs to sit out four weeks or you're at least getting one more week at him, but I haven't heard a peep about Waller um, since he went down. So who knows? But, yeah, this was this was a was beautiful game from Josh Jacobs, including an 80-yard dagger in overtime to really put the cherry on top of that massive, massive game. So it was nice to see. I mean, a few weeks removed from the massive Joe Mixon game, two of my favorite running backs in the NFL have had the capstone games this season with Mixon's five-touchdown game and now Ugh. Josh Jacobs' 300-plus Yard effort. So I'm a, I'm a happy, happy fantasy boy here by and large. All right. From your West to my West. So we're going to start off with the 49ers targets in the game. Ayuk had eight, Debo had seven, Jennings had seven. Yes, that's Juwan Jennings and Kittle had four. I mean, Kittle, it's just, I mean, how, if you're in a dynasty league with Kittle as your tight end, you know, tight end premium or not, like you have to be just constantly disappointed with George Kittle. I mean, he has a ma- a blow-up game every once in a while, but he's replacement level as often as not, it seems like. And it's because he's such a good blocker that he just doesn't get the the volume. They don't pass a lot, so he's not going to get that volume, you know, and it's, you know, they don't want to be in shootouts either. You know, so it's just it's a difficult situation because he's a great player and if he got more opportunity, he, he would produce with it, but he's just not going to uh, as far as the 49ers are concerned. You know, and Beyond that, we mentioned Eli Mitchell, MCL sprain again, and CMC's patellar tendonitis. Saying, bet they wish they didn't trade away Jeff Wilson at this point, maybe. And who knows? As, as he's thriving, and they're going to have to face off against him this week. And then Debo with a hamstring as well. He did come, you know, also got clotheslined, as I said. But, you know, I hear Debo, I hear hamstring. I, I don't like that combination um, for him, you know, even in a scenario where they're probably going to have to use him more out of the backfield in the coming weeks. Um, you know, Niners are winning. They're winning a little bit ugly. You know, it was a 13-0 win against the, the Aints. But, you know, tis what it is. They're the class of the West from them to your Seattle Seahawks. Well, real real quick on the Niners. I mean, Davis Price, when, when they had injuries at running back earlier in the year, I think he was getting 87% of the snaps. So if any of these guys do miss any time, Davis Price is going to be the short-term winner. Agreed. I was going to be in my waiver wire com. Good to spoil it, John, that Jordan Mason <laughs> likely active because he's played special teams, you know, as their third running back. Um, TDP does not, you know, so with Mitchell going out, we are going to see Davis Price be reactivated and he will be the back behind CMC, in my opinion, not Jordan Mason. Um, yeah, so from them to the Seahawks, uh, Gino continuing to Gino. Yeah, you know, they came out on the wrong end of that Josh Jacobs explosion game, like many a fantasy owner. But Gino, three hundred and twenty-eight, two and one passing. I mean, he's just he just keeps producing. You know, he brings a little bit with his legs as well. Uh, looks like Kenny Walker might be hitting the rookie wall a little bit. His rushing totals the last two weeks are twenty-four carries for forty-three yards and two touchdowns. Um, he's he had a big pass catching day the week prior, but. I don't know. Um, maybe it's matchup. 
Maybe it's rookie wall. Maybe it's a combination of both. He's not getting as much utilization, you know, averaging 12 rushes per week the last two. But uh, I don't know. Um, if I think if there was anything else in this rushing backfield, he might be losing even more work. But if Travis Homer and DJ Dallas aren't eating off anyone's plate. So he'll continue to get all the work. I just still miss Rashad Penny. Uh, that's, that's where I'm at in, in all this. And then lastly, DK finally seeing a huge target game, 15 targets on the game. I think he secured 11 of them for like 90 yards. Tyler Lockett had the touchdown, but it's nice to see DK getting, you know, kind of alpha target shares because he typically does not get that type of volume. So nice to see um, from an, you know, ascending Seahawks offense, you know, still six and five above 500 fighting for a playoff spot. Didn't see it coming. From them to two teams that are not fighting for playoff spots, the Arizona Cardinals, four and eight. Kyler Murray posted his best fantasy rushing performance of the year, seven for 56 and one touchdown. And he was a top 10 quarterback on the week. James Conner played 97% of the snaps and saw his first 100-yard rushing performance on the season. Really? Yeah. I did. I, I would have thought he had several. I mean, I know he missed some time. Yeah, That's no, a surprising I don't think he's even. I don't think he's even sniffed. Uh, a hundred yards on wow. the season. So let's look uh, real quick on this. The double verify, triple verify. Yes, his previous high. Oh yeah, I was absolutely correct. His previous high on the season was sixty-nine yards. No, kidding. hasn't even been close to a hundred yards, and he did it on twenty-one carries against the Rams. But you know, take it with a grain of salt. This was against the Chargers. They're one of the worst-run defenses in football. But twenty-five for one hundred twenty. Also had three for twenty and a touchdown receiving. It's clear they are just going to run him into the absolute ground. They let in, you know, Benjamin go. Keontae Ingram will get a little bit of work, but it's James Conner a bust. They are on by this week, but they're going to finish him off down the stretch. Hollywood Brown came back and also played 97% of the snaps, and he paced the team with eight targets. Meanwhile, DeAndre Hopkins played 74% of the snaps and had a six-target outing. Now, Kyler did not throw the ball as much in this game, 29 pass attempts, but Still, to see Hollywood come back and immediately assume the alpha role in this Cardinals offense, you know, it's got to hurt DeAndre Hopkins owners a little bit who have been used to him seeing like 10, 12 targets every single week. So it's going to be dispersed a little bit more with the return of Hollywood Brown. Last and certainly least, the three and eight Los Angeles Rams. Um, I don't know if you saw the play, but I'm curious if Sean McVay got evaluated for a concussion after getting absolutely hammered by one of his players uh, running onto the field from the sideline. He took a shoulder pad right in the chin, uh, knocked his, his headset off and looked like it got him. Yeah. Well, caught him square in the jaw. He was rubbing that thing for a few plays thereafter, but it's probably the best thing that happened to him on the week because they're just tapping out on the season. As far as what the running backs look like, 70% of snaps went to Kyron Williams, where only 30% went to Cam Akers. Cam Akers rushed in the last two weeks. He's at 22 carries for 98 scoreless yards, but he's looked a little better the last couple of weeks. Like he's maybe finally getting back to normal. doesn't matter. This team is terrible. Uh, they're mailing it in. I thought Tyler Higby would be more involved, but he only played seven, 59% of the snaps, which was by far his lowest total of the year. Only 32 raw snaps. Probably like, hey, we're not even going to put you out there either. Like we don't care anymore. And then <laughs> reference that Alan Robinson is having foot surgery and will be done for the year. It's, Yuck. I don't know that Matt Stafford plays another game this year with what he's dealing with as well. They said he might not play again ever. 
he has like numbness, tingling issues in his extremities, which could, you know, belay like a spinal cord type injury from what I heard. So, yeah, I don't see how he plays again this year. You know, truth be told, we'll see what the future holds. But this is an abandoned ship for for the LA Rams. There's there's no one I want. I mean, maybe they just give Kyron Williams an extended look and he does enough as a pass catcher, but it's ugly. With, with with what they have going on across the board, I, I actually we know they're going to suck, so they're going to have to pass. You just mentioned Kyron Williams getting an extended look because they have, you know, we know they don't like Agers. So I actually I like Williams and because he can catch the ball too. So I like Williams and I kind of like Van Jefferson to close out the year. I mean Jefferson's their default wide receiver one at this point, and and we've. Obviously, with Stafford's a big drop off to Perkins and Lawford. Uh, yeah, the, the two guys they have potentially in there, but you, there's no reason Van Jefferson isn't getting all the wide receiver targets over Ben Skoranek and uh, the other bum whose name escapes me. So two I two kind of who two two yes, well? correct. So I kind of ball. like Jefferson is. The only show in town. I mean, he's going to compete with Tyler Higby, unfortunately, but he's the wide receiver of choice there. And and I, I like Williams, too. I think they can both put up some decent games. Garbage time production is they're getting fucking crushed the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, Van Jefferson had seven targets. Uh, Got in the end zone, in the didn't he? Where they only threw it 24 times. I mean, three for 29 and a touchdown. Not too pretty. It's just not, it's not pretty. Their offensive line's trash. Bryce Perkins isn't ready to be a starting NFL quarterback by any means. Um, I don't think Wofford's going to make things any better. So, yeah, Van Jefferson will see the volume, but I just don't know how productive said volume will be. Um, this, is a, this is an absolute disaster. <laughs> just put it lightly. Is that everybody? Is that your whole West? Yeah, I mean, I finished with the worst team. We're, we'll go uh, goofy direction again. Let's, let's head south. So uh, I'll start off with... Speaking of bad teams, go from the Rams to Houston. Kyle, Kyle Allen got his first start of the year, 26-39 for only 215, one touchdown, two picks. He stinks just as much as Davis Mills. The good thing they're going to have the number one pick because they need a new quarterback. Who knows who it'll be? Um, kind of a weird – they got, again, the, the flip side of that Miami game, they were out of this – you know, as soon as the ball was kicked off, basically. So usage was a little weird. Um, Damian Pierce, five carries for eight yards, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Saw six targets on 56% snap share. Just gross. They were getting killed. I mean, the running backs were out of it right out of the gate. Dare Ugenbale, 30% snap share. Saw four carries for 14. Nothing there. Even the receivers. Nico Collins, nine targets. Something to keep an eye on with Allen in there. Maybe he prefers Collins. One game sample is, is doesn't tell you much. Cook saw five targets. You mentioned earlier just a, a fantasy wasteland for the good team in this game. So how do you think it was for the bad team? Tight end Jordan Aikens actually had a decent day. Five catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Tight end premium. That was actually pretty good, but I think he got a little banged up in that game too. I'm not positive. But just a, a wasteland for fantasy, especially if they get behind early like they did in this one. The one bright spot this team has had was Damian Pierce. But when you're down 30 nothing, he's not the guy that's going to get involved. It looks like it's going to be uh, Dare. But 
gross, doesn't matter. You don't want any part of this outside of Pierce. Moving on. Listen, to- before you get off that, Pierce, the last two weeks, 18, or sorry, 16 carries, for, or sorry, 15 carries for 16 yards combined the last two weeks. He hasn't scored a rushing touchdown in six weeks, even though he's seen volume before that where he had, you know, 20, 15, 27 I mean, carries. I mean, it's just bad. You know, if so- you're in, and the thing is, if you're an opposing defensive coordinator, who's clearly yeah. the best player on the team? You're going to stop him. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough to see, but yeah, it's been it's been atrocious, and now the Texans get to welcome uh, Deshaun Watson back home. So yeah, week. imagine having a team that you're heading to the playoffs because you were leaning on Pierce early, and now good luck biting your nails every week trying to decide if you trust him to get in there. It's it not good, not good at all. Uh, Colts Colts played last night. Uh, don't have the snap share information, but kind of a few outliers uh, as far as touches or however you want to go. Jelani Woods was banged up for a little while. He comes back. Eight receptions on nine targets. Clearly the tight end one in the eyes of Jeff Saturday. Mo Cox, three targets. Kylie Granson, none. That's the interesting outlier. I mean, obviously it's all going through Pittman and Jonathan Taylor uh, at the two significant fantasy positions, but that Jelani Woods emergence might be keep, worth keeping an eye on since he's back and he's healthy. They got a new coach. We'll see how they use him in the next week or two. Could There is potential for him to be a league-winning tight end. Oh, 100%. It's, I mean, which is idiot. fucking crazy. Nine targets. I mean, give me – five. show me the nine target tight ends. Yeah. You know, in league. I mean, yeah, eight for 98. I mean – I've, I've been saying long as like Matt Ryan is going to make one of these tight ends viable. It's just that one hasn't been consistently healthy and involved. Like it's been yeah. like all three of them. Like if Johnny Woods can pop, poke his big ass head out, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, he could easily be a, a mid tight end one, like a top six tight end one tight end yeah. for the rest of the season. Great. Would you drop Dulcich for him and redraft? Yes. yes. There you go. Yeah, I wouldn't even. Have, I want. Yeah, get me away from Denver. Yeah, uh, moving as quickly as possible. Yeah, Tennessee. Uh, you know, it's all Derrick Henry. Hilliard got in there, thirty-seven percent of snap share. Haskins the last couple weeks has been ticking up. It's not, you know, probably a longer-term stash thing, but they're. They, I don't know if they're just kicking the wheels on him to see what they got, but that's kind of a guy I've liked. As a stash, if Henry ever were to miss time, Hillard's going to keep his role. He's not going to just fill in for Henry if he goes down. Uh, wide receiver, Robert Woods again, 81%. Westbrook, 75 Traylon Burke, 67 Clearly the third guy in terms of uh, snap share, but had another nice game. Four catches for 70 and six targets. He got in the end zone on a Derrick Henry fumble. Kind of interesting there. Westbrook, four catches for 58, also six targets. And Woods, also six targets, only caught two for 16. So the three guys, snap shares, you know, kind of went the way we thought with Woods, Westbrook, then Burks, and then they all had six targets, and and Westbrook, uh, I'm sorry, Burks did the most with it, getting 70 yards on four catches. So kind of emerging to close out the year, perfect time to do it. Uh, Chig Okonkwo, five targets at tight end, three catches for 35. He's just so much it's not even that he's good. It's that Hooper and Swain suck so bad. He, I mean, he should get way more work than he is because he's the only guy that brings any kind of <laughs> playmaking ability over the other two. And last and 
Maybe not least this week, Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence had a bit of a coming out party. 29 for 37, 321, three touchdowns. QB rating of 129.8. Nice game for him. We mentioned ATN at the top of the show getting hurt. Hasty 12 carries for 28. Snoop Conner finally got in there, three carries for 11. Uh, I haven't seen it. Been curious to try to find some highlights online, see what Connor did. He could be worth stashing. I, I think he's better than Hasty without you know just knowing what I know of those guys previously. I'd like to see him get a little more work down the stretch here, but if ATN doesn't miss any time, it doesn't matter. But big game for Zay Jones. A big chunk of that Lawrence production went to him. 11 receptions for 145 on 14 targets, 90% snap share. Christian Kirk, also 90% snap share, only nine targets, caught four of them for 40. A bunch of weirdos got in the end zone, though. Those three touchdowns went to Hasty receiving, Jamal Agnew, and Marvin Jones caught one. So could have been even a bigger game for Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk could have, you know, cracked 10 points here if he, he caught one of them. But touchdowns went to some weird players, but it be what it be. Did Marvin Jones catch that touchdown? I think that's the question. I don't know. Watch the highlight yet. I've been told it's questionable. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, that's what they said. They said yes. He caught it. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Our sound effects budget has been increased. Yeah, I was pretty proud of myself on that one. It wasn't the intent, but it was the execution. You, you mentioned uh, when you went to the Titans, I wanted to get your opinion real quick. So the last three weeks. Derrick Henry has not looked particularly impressive. He has averaged 2.8, 3.1, and 2.2 yards per carry. And I know that's not as clean of a stat, but it's what we have to work with here. With a long carry in those three weeks of 10 yards. Like, yeah, he had a huge 75-yard run that he fumbled on, which goes out. Traylon Burks got his touchdown. But 19, 28, and 17 carries and just not even sniffing. A hundred yards in those three weeks is—it's tough to see because this is what Ryan Tannehill, who's making them a reasonable offense. This isn't Malik Willis, where it's like we're going to put twelve guys in the box. Yeah, sure, eleven guys on defense. You know what I mean? It's—it's it's a it's a legitimate NFL offense being run, um, and still, just Derek Henry can't get anything going. I mean, he had those back-to-back massive contests when he bludgeoned Houston again for 219 yards and two (laughs) touchdowns. And then he ran hard on the Chiefs for 115 and two touchdowns. But his last three weeks have been rough. Um, I picked Derrick Henry up in a dynasty win now spot. And yeah, he's still getting it done because they're involving him in the passing game. But his rushing production has been lackluster. And I don't know if he's finally, finally just wearing down 247 carries. Uh, this year you know, they're, gonna, they're not gonna i wouldn't worry about it they're not he's, i mean listen he's you know, north of 300 again but you know you see like they they need him to be a productive offense so if they have designs on a deep title run i mean we might see a little more haskins and, and hilliard hilliard's already taking a lot of the passing downs work other than the scripted stuff to henry but i don't know i have not been impressed with with henry the last three weeks from your south to my dirty south there's not a team with a winning record in the NFC South right now. <laughs> the Buccaneers are in first place at five and six. Um, uh, having lost it. to the Nick Chubb-led Cleveland Browns in overtime. Rashad White played 90, 90% of the snaps, secured all nine of his targets. Fournette only had one game of nine-plus targets this year. Uh, still a 14 for 64 rush line, a nine for 45 receiving line. So didn't really do much with the receptions, but still a productive 
fantasy day in a, in a PPR league for Rashad White. Tampa Bay only ran the ball 18 times in a game that was close throughout. So Rashad White saw 14 of the 18 rush attempts. They just don't know why they didn't run the ball more. Chris Godwin, 13 targets, 12 <laughs> catches, 110 yards, and one touchdown. Your heart it's must be full. Fun. Finally back to his target <laughs> hog self. And I was told the one pass that he missed was would have been a big old play um, where Brady missed him. So Godwin's securing everything in his blast radius right now and starting to look healthy, getting a little bit of his swagger back, popping up aggressive rather than looking like he's like picking himself up off the ground every time he gets tackled. What's that look like for Mike Evans though the last three weeks? These are his stat lines. No, I know nothing. Five for 40 and no touchdowns. Five for 54 and no touchdowns. Two for 31 and no touchdowns. Mike Evans has not scored since week four of the NFL season. Wow. He just looks like him and Brady aren't on the same page. He's dropping balls. That whole offense just sucks, offense to be is, honest. You know, vanilla milk toast. It's just not a good look for Mike Evans owners at this point in time. Um, and hopefully, you know, people got out <laughs> last year because his value has cratered in dynasty leagues this Here, year. Here's, only here's a question. Further. I got a Tampa question for you. So you, you mentioned them sucking at five and six. However, they're division winner at five and six right now, meaning sure. they are the number four seed if the playoffs started today. So with the, the new goofy 17 playoff, they would play the first top wildcard team hosting the Dallas Cowboys currently eight and three Dallas goes to Tampa and in Brady in the playoffs, they win as a they they beat them, don't they? Oh yeah, they're a favorite. They're a road favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's what I. You know, as much as Tampa sucks, and it, there's a chance they they blow it and end up not winning their division. Atlanta's what five and seven, so not half a game behind. There is a world where Tampa does finish the year with a losing record. I mean, eight eight and nine is not out of the question at all, and. You know, just looking at the current wild cards, Dallas, the Giants, Washington, uh, just just out of the picture is Seattle. All three of those, I think, lose round one in Tampa. You mean beat Tampa? No, I think oh. Tampa beats all of them. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right, yeah, they, they have the Saints this week on Monday night, their favorite. Then they go at 49ers versus Bengals. Those are, those are not too good spots for those Buccaneers. Then they get at Cardinals versus Panthers at Falcons to finish the year. So that, that week 18 game against the Falcons might decide who wins the NFC South. That's that's entirely possible and entirely ugly. But speaking of those Falcons, Disgusting. five and seven Falcons, how do they get there? Running back by committee. CPAT, 58% of snaps. Tyler Algio, 39% of snaps. Caleb Huntley finally marginalized. 5% of snaps, even though he looked good. On his <laughs> Marginalized. Touchdown. Finally. And then Avery Williams, 12% of snaps. I mean, it's still just, there's just too much involvement for guys you know, involved in this. Michael Pruitt saw the biggest bump you know, from the Kyle, Kyle Pitts injury and posted a two for nine and one touchdown stat line, which looks very Kyle Pitts-esque, if I do say so myself. So no fall off there for this thriving Atlanta offense. And I'll just continue my snaps don't matter segment as far as they're concerned because Drake London played 76% of the snaps with no Kyle Pitts. Saw four targets, caught two passes for 29 yards. Yuck. Meanwhile, your boy, Olamide Zacchaeus, saw eight targets and put a five for 91 stat line out there on the week. 
I just hate Arthur Smith. I do. I don't know him personally, but I'm just not a fan of the way he's no. doing things in Atlanta. Um, not well, even here, mention. I'm not I even mention Marcus Mariota anymore. I'm just just th- that's where I was just going to go quick. And, and you talked about Week 18, possibly Tampa and Atlanta facing off to win this division. They win the division with Mariota. They, they they don't have a good enough draft pick to get one of the top quarterbacks. If that do they go into next year going Mariota took us to the playoffs, we're going to do it again this year. They do, I, don't I can they? See Arthur Smith doing it. I mean, he's not trying to tank. I mean, they get, they get the Steelers this week, which is a pick 'em. Then they have a bye. Then they're at the Saints, which <sighs> I mean, division game, so be it, but not. They certainly they winnable. They certainly winnable. At Ravens, they should lose, but the Ravens are finding ways to lose games they should win. Second then they go blows. first Cardinals versus Bucks, as you said. I mean, they don't have the toughest schedule down the stretch. I mean, they literally could be setting up for a week 18 <laughs> showdown. They could win, win the division. division. They could host next, a playoff game. And next year, they get a first-place team first <laughs> schedule. schedule. They're going to go. They'll, they'll be fucking – Five and twelve next year. I mean, it's it since they could fuck. They could end up five and twelve this year. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> rough with the Falcons Oof. going down from there. We got the four and eight Panthers. Uh, Sam Darnold is going to save the Panthers' fantasy season. I mean, is that is that where we're at right now? Because sure, we continue to read the ride the the, the Dante Foreman roller coaster. Um, Twenty four for one thirteen positive game script. Three fourths of the remaining schedule is versus bottom thirteen teams and rush yards allowed. So hopefully that continues uh, and that, you know, Darnold keeps them competitive at least so Foreman can get the work. DJ Moore accounted for 63% of the team's passing yards in the game, four for 103 and a touchdown. Anyone but Baker, please, literally, any, anyone in the world but Baker for my DJ Moore shares. Nothing more really to talk about as far as the Panthers are concerned because they don't have a tight end of consequence and there's wide receiver twos. You know, Terrace Marshall, he was tied to Baker. (laughs) So you're not going to get any weeks out of him as long as Baker's not under center. Lastly, those Saints who were mentioned, and they play the Bucs this week, they still have a game against the Falcons. So there's some divisional uh, opportunities going on. Doesn't matter. Saints suck. Four and eight. Keep sucking. Get me a better, uh, my Eagles a better draft pick because you've made the mistake of mortgaging your future for some win now assets. You know, when your quarterbacks were Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton. So, Chris Olave, one of those first round draft picks, nine targets, Kamara, eight targets, but it didn't matter. I mean, Olave had a five for 62 line, 11.2 PPR points. Alvin Kamara, seven for 13 rushing, six for 37 receiving with two fumbles lost. I don't know if he's done or he's just done with the Saints season or, you know, the off-field shit is, you know, but he's just been a train wreck the last couple of weeks and really hasn't been anything but volume-driven you know, at any point in the season. It's just, just disgusting for the Saints. Well, he's, he's not even volume-driven, and I put that on the stupid fucking Saints coaching staff. I mean, got Got to get Taysom Hill in there. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he's not Derrick Henry. He's not a giant guy where you give him the carries and towards the end of the game, teams are breaking down. But a guy like Kamara that's thriving on big explosive plays, he needs to get the touches in order to break one of them eventually. So yeah, seven carries to Taysom Hill six, and they gave the corpse of Mark Ingram four. I mean, there's 10 carries that he probably should have gotten seven of. He should have been around 14. And, I mean, even in the passing game, he did get seven targets, caught six for 37. So got you nine 
uh, PPR points. I think he lost two fumbles. So that's lost, yeah. Yeah, one on the goal line. So could have had a touchdown as well. It's not, yeah. It's so, I mean, he, he's on the cusp. I mean, keep him involved in the passing game, but just the way this team needs to get Taysom Hill in there. And, and I get Kamara has, a you know, a decent run needs to take a breather. You get somebody in there. Ingram gets the four what whatever, but he stinks, but I don't even know if he stinks or it's the coach's fault that he stinks. Alvin Kamara capped at 12 carries over the last four games. He hasn't seen more than four. Seven, eight, nine, 12 carries in his last four games. Has only had one 20-carry game of the season. It was in week three against Seattle and has a 19 and 18 other nap, but he has two other games where he's less than 12 carries on the season. So one, two, three, four, five, six games with 12 or less carries on the season. We got to get Mark Ingram involved. We got to get Taysom Hill involved. We got to get we got to get these these special talents involved over Dennis Allen sucks. And then lastly, Juwan Johnson did goose egg, but had an almost touchdown. I mean, this is where we're at in the tight end landscape. He's been viable the last several weeks. Um, man, I think he had touchdowns yeah, in three straight. But, you know, 0 for 2, two targets was a total loss game against the 49ers, as, after, you know, as mentioned, and no one did shit for the Saints. So burn that game. It'll be interesting to see what they do against the Bucs on Monday Night Football. And that is the South. Gross to the south to closing with the north for the first time all year. I'll start. I'll start with Buffalo again. Played last night, similar to Indy. Don't have the Buffalo Baltimore. Don't have the uh, snap share numbers, but Gus saw fifty percent of. uh, No, they didn't play. Who played last night? Pittsburgh. I I skipped. I skipped over the Monday night one where I wanted to start. So I'm just going to restart. Moving on to the North, last for the first time this year. Uh, we'll start with Pittsburgh, who played the Colts last night. Again, don't have their snap share information just yet, but I just looking at the box score, score, score bleh, box score scouting um, with Najee Harris out. Jalen Warren was already out in this game. Harris, we mentioned at the top of the injuries, would have abdomen injury. Who knows how long he's out? But Benny Snell, twelve carries, one target. McFarland, six carries, two targets. Could have been a monster Jalen Warren game if he was healthy. So hopefully if he can get back, if Harris is to miss time, we mentioned Jelani Woods being a league winner at tight end. Could be Jalen Warren, league winner at running back, if if he gets the full workload coming back. Um, Wide receivers, this offense sucks. Pickett, I don't know if he sucks or the team just sucks, but for a couple weeks it looked like Pickens was the guy emerging Deontay Johnson was taking a back seat. And then, of course, when you commit to that narrative, Deontay Johnson gets eight targets to pick and six. Nobody got in the end zone in the passing game. They blow. So <laughs> you you call it the start of the year. They're even I think they're even worse than you thought they'd be, but not good. Moving to the Baltimore Ravens. Gus Edwards returning from injury, 50% of snaps. Uh Kenny Drake, 25%, Justice Hill, 19%. Kind of the way I think we expected it. Can't always trust these guys when they come back from injury, but as long as Gus is healthy, he's the guy there. Wide receiver, pecking order, Devin Duvernay, uh, Demarcus Robinson, James Prochet, and Deshaun Jackson got on the field quite a bit. And then at tight end, uh, Josh Oliver got in the end zone, 61% of snaps to Mark Andrews, 85%. Just kind of a an ugly game. They shouldn't have even had – this game to come down to a field goal for them that they ended up missing. They, they don't look that good start of the year. They look like one of the better teams in football, but they have totally fallen off a cliff, whether it's Lamar Jackson or, or 
you know, their secondary has been pretty suspect most of the year, but Baltimore's not as impressive as they were several weeks ago. Cincinnati Bengals without Joe Mixon in there. P. Ryan, 80% of snaps, 17 carries. Ready for this walk? Seven targets. <laughs> Who yeah. the fuck? That guy doesn't deserve seven targets ever. Uh, but he did. Somebody who I was kind of high on this year when you were reading all the offseason stuff coming out of the Bengals was was Chris, Chris Evans, possibly emerging as the number two. They were done with P. Ryan. If this game proved anything, not the case. He saw four snaps and was completely leapfrogged by Travion Williams, who saw two carries, one target, 20% of snaps when P. Ryan was off the field. So Evans is dead, dead, I think, even for Dynasty at this point. If he couldn't get any work in this game, I don't see a world where he ever gets any work. Uh, at wide receiver, uh, all T. Higgins, then Tyler Boyd, then Trenton Irvin, who kind of came out of nowhere last year, saw 74% of snaps. By comparison, Tyler Boyd saw 76 So th- they seem to like him. I mean, we mentioned, uh, I think, last week, Kind of came came out of nowhere. They they've had him on the roster for a while. They elevate him from the practice squad. He got some red zone looks, got in the end zone. This game, more or less equal snap share with Tyler Board Boyd, and they both had four targets. So they do like him. You know, I, I'd mentioned uh, Mike Thomas is the guy to grab earlier in the year, but as long as Chase is out, Trenton Irwin is becoming you know flex worthy at this point, and especially next. Next week in week 14 with Bimageddon again, he, he might be worth plugging in there. Uh, Hayden Hurst also had nine targets tied with the team lead with T. Higgins, who also had nine. Uh, and uh, last, I hate, to, I hate to burst your Trent Irwin bubble, but Jamar Chase is supposed to return this week. He was supposed to return this week, wasn't uh, he? He was activated last week, but uh, probably caution. I, I think he does play this week. Bimageddon, a week from now, yeah, Trent Irwin's going to be a long forgotten. Less and less. Chase, Chase has away. a setback, which is also certainly hey, possible. Anything, anything's possible. Yeah. But moving on to last, certainly least, Cleveland Browns. Oh, did you know Deshaun Watson might be back next week to play against Houston, the team that he got yes, collected a check? Ugh. Gross. But <laughs> the, he's obviously going to start. Uh, Jacoby Brissett has been fantasy viable all year. If he's been fantasy viable, I think we can safely assume uh, Deshaun Watson will be fantasy viable. Kind of a weird number. Again, not watching the game, and I'd like to actually watch it to see. Nick Chubb, 59%. Kareem Hunt, 41%. So combined total, 100% of snaps. I'm curious if they ever played at the same time. Because I know in the beginning of the year, they had a lot of packages where they were both on the field. So just seeing those percentages, how they shook out, I'm very curious if they ran any two uh, running back sets with them both out there, because the snap shares would indicate they were just doing one back. I, I don't know if that was true or not. Um, Peoples Jones, 96% of snaps to Mari Cooper, 93%, but Cooper saw 12 targets to Peoples Jones's four targets. David Bell, six targets on 63% of snaps. And Njoku came back from injury a week ago, only saw 37% of snaps. I said, maybe they're nursing him, bringing him along slowly, but he seems to be, Wheels up, fully healthy now, so 81% of snaps this week. It's hard to trust any of these guys' usage uh, going forward the rest of the way if if Watson gets in there. you got to kind of see who Watson's got a rapport with, who he likes throwing the ball to a little more. So kind of scrap everything you know about the Browns until 
this week going forward in the fantasy playoffs because we just don't know who Watson likes and what Watson looks like. And that's it for the North. Yeah. Um, caught a little bit of that game, and I do believe I saw one snap where Hunt and Chubb were on together, but I don't think the snap actually occurred. I think there was like a timeout or end of a quarter or something <laughs> like that, if I remember correctly, but just off the top of my head. Um, you mentioned Najee Harris, too. They, they, on Twitter, we got uh, two of the sports uh, sports medicine docs that are on here. One said, concern is a hernia, which means done for the sports season. sports hernia, yeah, it's a wrap. Yeah, and the other, you know, just general abdomen injuries typically – uh, one to two week missed time, one to three median 18 days. If it's just a generalized abdomen injury. So we're still talking multi-week best case scenario form season ending worst case scenario. Um, so we could get a little Jalen Warren who I like to call Austin Ecolite. Uh, uh, that's my, uh, I like that. My guy, um, because it's definitely not Benny the snail. I mean, that's, that's not, that's not who it is. So, but it also might not matter because it's still Pittsburgh and they stink. But from your north to my north, so Vikings got back on track. Kirk Cousins pulled that primetime monkey off his back, right? I mean, I guess we're going to call – I'm going to call Thanksgiving Day games. You know, oh, for sure. Primetime. And it was the night game. It was the night game, yeah. So, I mean, that's – didn't see it coming, you know, especially against the Patriots. You know, we, you had mentioned, you know, potentially bottling up Justin Jefferson as one of your – Imagine what happened. Well, they didn't. Yeah, he had nine for 139 and a touchdown, and Kirk Cousins threw for 299 and three uh, on the week. It was it was a good game for him, but back on track nine and two. Mentioned the 11 targets for, for Jefferson. Adam Thielen had 10 targets. It was his first double-digit target game of the season. Came at the expense of TJ Hawkinson, who was reduced as far as target share was concerned, but he still continued to produce, scored his first touchdown as a Viking, five catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Um Thielen on his 10 targets, nine for 61 and a touchdown. By far his best game of the season, started by probably no one. Um, but you know, good for Adam Thielen to, to prove he's still not totally dust. But I wouldn't envision, I wouldn't suggest starting him this week against the Jets. So you probably missed Thielen's best game of the year. Meanwhile, Dalvin Cook, 86% snap share, bottled up. Clearly, the Patriots decided to take away Dalvin Cook and not Justin Jefferson because he had 22 carries for 44 yards. And he had four receptions for 14 yards. So just an absolute dud of a week in spite of the volume, 26 touches. Um, didn't get you anywhere. Um, couldn't even get you double-digit fancy points on those 26 touches if my math stands up here. And I believe it does, 9.8 um, <laughs> PPR points. Um, so unfortunate, you know, given the production of Dalvin Cook, it was all the pass catchers that were producing in this one. From them to the, to the feel-good Lions, um, four and seven. But you know, still, so viable to different degrees. What, what their running backs look like: forty-two percent of snaps for Jamal Williams, 34 percent of snaps for DeAndre Swift, and down to twenty-five for Justin Jackson. So Swift jumped into that second chair. Good for him. Third of the snaps uh, on the week. Just what we DeAndre Swift owners wanted in fantasy was a third of the snaps on a losing offense. <laughs> Jamal Williams still leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns at 13. DeAndre Swift saw eight targets in week 12. We'll take it. I mean, really? Tell, tell me he's going to get eight targets, you know, um, uh, on the week, even though he's only getting 34% of snaps. I, I'm in. Only caught four of them for 24 yards, which was part of the problem. And, you know, his five carries went for 19 yards. So it still wasn't anything tremendous from a fantasy perspective. I believe, if I remember correctly, did he convert to two-point conversion? Yes. So he did get a two-point conversion in there as well. So not the worst week ever from Swift, but still not what we signed up for. 
Amon Ross St. Brown, I mentioned a week ago, he hasn't, he didn't score a touchdown in like forever. Well, new streak because he scored his first touchdown since week two. <laughs> Nine for 122 and a touchdown. He looked good um, in, in the game, including getting that touchdown early to get that monkey off his back. Jameson Williams should be back soon. DJ Chark is activated. There is some fantasy viability here. Not in the tight ends. Touchdown or bust Williams. You don't want those running backs. But Monroe St. Brown is clearly back into a, an alpha position as far as run, wide receivers are concerned, and he's getting a ton of volume. From him to the – to the Packers. We had mentioned Aaron Rodgers a few times throughout this uh, podcast. I did just see on the Pat McAfee show where he does his standing is that he got really good news um, from his medical team and that he intends to play this week. Um, Ooh, just don't, don't get it. Maybe it won't be his decision when it's all said and done, but he does expect to play, I guess four and eight's not totally out of it. I guess you can get to nine and eight, but they're not going to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. Christian Watson's last three games, 12 catches, 265 yards, and six touchdowns. That is 74.5 PPR points. That alone would be good for wide receiver 64 on this season and what he's done in these last three games. I mean, still just a, you know, listen, 50% touchdown rate on his receptions. I mean, that's it, it's bound to fall. I mean, it's went 3-2-1 the last three weeks, so, yeah. Yeah, trend would assume he would get zero <laughs> this week, but who knows? He's just been super explosive. He no, just, well, you, you know what's happened. No one's played him. He has the monster game. Everybody goes, well, he's not doing that again. Then he has another <laughs> game with two touchdowns. People go, well, all right, it's a, it's a small uh, small window there. Then he has this game, and now people go, Fuck yeah, he's he's on fire. I'm plugging him in. So people are going to play him. Everyone's played him this week. He's going to stink. I mean, the irony is they're going to Chicago, and you know Aaron Rodgers, quote quote unquote, owns the Chicago Bears, so it would be a great week for Aaron Rodgers and for Watson, who got to 100 yards, four for 110 and a touchdown. A 63 yard touchdown came from Jordan Love, not from Aaron Rodgers, but still got you there, four for 110 and a touchdown. I mean, dude's been super productive. He just destroys angles. I mean, granted, like Reed Blankenship's not the guy you want chasing Christian Watson down, but there was no chance. Once he took the crosser uh, that anyone was catching him off of that onto our boy, Aaron Jones and the running back 71% snaps for Aaron Jones, 43% for AJ Dillon. Clearly by that Matt John, they were on the field at some points together. That was 35 snaps for Aaron Jones. He had 12 carries for 43 yards, three for 56 and a touchdown receiving. I mean, that dude is just a receiver. I mean, his touchdown was beautiful. Even, you know, adjusted, you know, scramble route for Aaron Rodgers, who trusts him a ton, 18.9 PPR points. 21 snaps for AJ Dillon, six or sorry, eight for 64 and a touchdown rushing, another three for 24 receiving. So 17.8 PPR points, both viable uh, in fantasy football on the week and will be again, regardless of who the quarterback is against the Bears. And then little else behind there. Randall Cobb got the touchdown. Alan Lazard didn't do anything. Tight ends don't do anything. They still don't want to throw the ball in Green Bay, um, unless they're really, really far behind. And now you're going to deal with an injured Rodgers who wants to play this week. It's going to be a handoff fest uh, against the Bears. Speaking of the Bears, Justin Fields didn't play last week. Maybe he comes back. I don't know. Haven't seen anything yet as far as that is I concerned. Done. I mean, I don't know why you roll him out there. It's a, it's you're three and nine um, at this point in time. You just lost Darnell Mooney for the season. You know, as we mentioned earlier, it sounds like torn ligaments in his ankle. Less 
pass catching options, less offensive skill players available. Just let Trevor Simeon run around out there for a few more weeks and call it a season. So it looked like that almost could have been to the bet- to the benefit of Chase Claypool, who I think he got his two catches for 51 yards early. I feel like it was in the first quarter because he didn't do anything after that. Um, but did have five targets, second on the team to Cole Komet with his three for 27. Doesn't matter. Um, it probably doesn't really even matter if Fields is the quarterback. They just don't throw it that much. Monty, got to give him credit. 17 touches turned into 113 yards, including three for 43, or sorry, three for 34 receiving. He's been getting it done the last two weeks, um, not getting in the end zone, but you'll take the production from him because he's getting the passing downs work. He's putting 100 total yards on the ledger every week. And then who's his backup? Everyone, including me, thought him wanted it to be Tristan Ebner, but it's not. It's clearly Darrington Evans, who played 32% of snaps to Tristan Ebner's 2% spelling David Montgomery. So, just yeah. ugly, ugly, ugly in Chi Town all over again. And if they're smart, they finish this season three and fourteen. They stink. So that'll do it for the divisions. Running a little long, unfortunately, this week without the bye week. So real quick, we'll jump into waivers and get out of here. The only guys I have this week, and nobody real long-term stash, but Zonovan Knight seems to have emerged as the guy they like running the ball with the Jets. He's worth grabbing, especially if uh, anybody misses a significant time there. I mentioned Sky Moore seeing an uptick in, in, in work and targets, and if he can kind of emerge for the Chiefs down the stretch, he could definitely be a league winner. And when talking about the Colts, I mentioned Jelani Woods, probably off the radar for a lot of people, but you would mention Matt Ryan liking to target tight ends. He comes out of nowhere and, and has a big game and could continue that down the stretch here. So those are my three guys that I'm looking to pick up this week. All right, you kept it nice and tight. Yeah, Jelani Woods is the only tight end worth discussing, so we'll just move on. You mentioned Zonovan Knight. I agree, 0% roster to be, you know, monitor Michael Carter, but he's he's worth an add. Ty Johnson's only 1% roster and probably go for far less than Zonovan Knight, and I think he's a, a guy who could just as likely be the more productive runner. Uh, PPR, week. I would probably prefer him. Yeah, yeah, don't disagree. Dontrell Hilliard, fourteen percent rostered. I've been I talked about Derrick Henry earlier. They've been beating the brakes off of him, and Hilliard already has standalone value as the pass catcher. I know you mentioned Hassan Haskins, but I think you could do worse than getting yourself a Dontrell Hilliard uh, in your life. And then Tyrion Davis Price. You know, again, everyone might be you know going towards Jordan Mason, who's five percent rostered. Tyrion Davis Price only one percent rostered. He's again all Yahoo. He was a healthy scratch last week, but that's. Because of special teams. Uh, it has nothing to do with them liking Jordan Mason more than Tyrion Davis-Price. Davis-Price is going to send to the number two chair. Mason will still be active, and it'll be the special team and third guy coming in. But i going to go get you some Tyrion Davis-Price um, off the waiver wire. Wide receivers. Mentioned Richie James. He's had 40 yards and a touchdown in back-to-back games. He's 1% rostered. There's just nothing else for the Giants. Elijah Moore. Love him. He's only 27, 26% rostered in Redraft leagues only saw two targets, but made the most of them two for 64 and one. I'm just banking on talent there. Um, and hopefully Mike White maintains the starting role. I don't think that he does. I think they inevitably have to go back to Zach Wilson or Mike White. Mike White's his way out of the job. Always only made is a chaos 1% rostered. He was clearly the biggest beneficiary of the Pitts injury. David Bell, you mentioned Deshaun Watson. He is 1% rostered and anything subject to change. I, I'm a David Bell fan. Mentioned uh, the Detroit Lions and, and Jamison Williams coming back, but DJ Chark, only 10% rostered, saw five targets, played 73% of the snaps. I think Khalif Raymond's the one who gets benched if, when Jamison Williams comes back, but yeah. DJ Chark has some viability. And then lastly, Zay Jones, 
Only 26% rostered. He saw 24 targets the last two weeks, caught 19 of them for 203 scoreless yards. His next two games are at Detroit, which is third in fantasy points given up to the wide receiver position, and at Tennessee, who is second in fantasy points given up to the wide receiver position. Go get you some Zay Jones. And then just to give Mike White a shout-out, he is only 4% rostered in redraft. Now, this is Yahoo, so this isn't super flex. But his remaining schedule, John, is at Minnesota, which is ninth in fantasy points allowed to the quarterback, at Buffalo, who is 25th, game versus Detroit, who is first in fantasy points allowed, then versus Jacksonville, who is 10th. Three top 10 matchups for the quarterback in the next four weeks for Mike White. If he can hold on to this job, he could be a league-winning quarterback in fantasy football. That's that's where we are. So your your, your championship roster is going to be <laughs> Mike Mostly White, Jets. Sky Moore, and Not Johnny Woods. And Mike White. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, well, that's it's a perfect place to have Elijah Moore. Yeah, go get all your jets. Yeah, so that should do it for us. For myself, John Debari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Store, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. see where things line up i was like i was like dude we might not who knows we might not live here a year from now is it super expensive i mean it's it's more than zero well fair, fair point. <laughs> well, what i'm currently paying john to like these midwest and shit aren't they like in, when that the new thing with like when covid hit then everyone fucking get out of like major <laughs> metro everyone went back to like yeah. rural america because you could work anywhere rural than in years past yeah yeah i mean so yeah, but then it rotates i mean for fucking for what Fucking a hundred years, everyone was moving to California, and this was like the first time. The last gold rush, week, John. Yeah, last. Well, yeah, go. Yeah, okay. We'll go back to the. We'll get that gold. 1850s. So yeah, for fucking. Yeah, now we're mining for Dogecoin. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's what we're doing these days. <laughs> it's gonna be the next next big gold rush. It's gonna be only. uh Form of payment allowed on Twitter. Wow. Listen, if Elon Musk has anything to say about it, oh, he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. It's actually a good game. All right, let's get into this. <clears throat> Close this. Very, very pro wrestler y. Oh, yeah. yeah. Feel, feel tight today. Well, listen up. Whoa. Oh, is there something wrong with James Robinson? They he hurt? I mean, he didn't even play, and they had no running back. <clears throat> I mean, the, the unreported story of James Robinson is he actually has not been good since he's come back from his Achilles. But <laughs> he scored like a touchdown or two, so people thought he was good. Yeah. They, you know, Robert Silas said we're leaving a lot of meat on the bone. But they wanted to inject a little life in their running game. And James Robinson is just a North. You know, he's just, he's not electric. <clears throat> you know, Bam Knight. Love the name. Love Bam Knight. Just sees it and hits it. You know, the North South runner. You right. need that opportunity for Zaquandre. Oh, man. If only. If I don't only. think he's on the practice squad anymore. I think he's done, done. 
Yeah. Well, he wasn't in. He, was he with the Jets? No, he was. He was with the Dolphins. Miami. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we we're talking about the Jets. You just figured you're just gonna bring up Zaconda, right? Wait. Of course. All right. I think Jeff. He was uh, in that tier of Zonovan Knight with us. We liked them both. And oh, got I, listen, I love Zonovan Knight. Didn't uh, Jeff Wilson get hurt too? I don't think it's serious, but I feel uh, like he got hurt. Uh, he went to the locker room. My ass out there. Where's that? Uh, I mean, most of it. We did return to the sideline rather quickly. It's unclear whether blah, blah, blah. We're not a play game. I bet you a significant percentage. Huh? I bet a significant percentage of the guys that they're like, Matt Walker headed back to the locker room. And then you come back and they're like, he's back. And they speculate about all sorts of shit. I bet better than 30% of those guys just go take a piss. Had to piss. (laughs) Massive deuce. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like DK Metcalf said it. When he got carted off that one time, he's like, I just had to poop so bad. Like, I couldn't like walk. You, we've all been there. Ready to poop so bad. You're like, I don't know that I'm making it to the toilet. I'm yeah, surprised they don't just have a porta potty on the side. Why they don't have full structures like bathrooms on each sideline? Like not even just take down ones, just fix structures. How 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 difficult would it be to run a little plumbing? And you, you could make up some ridiculous story that it's a plumbing issue and the infrastructure involved, blah, blah, blah. There's no excuse not to put a fucking porta potty there. <laughs> uh, yes, 100%. You know, but like you could have luxury porta potties too, right? Like even just these like temporary places where guys with pads on big 300, 400 pounds. Doesn't even have to be luxury. It's an emergency bathroom. Yeah. I would be like, dude, anyway. I'm going into the medical tent, get a bucket and some handy wipes. <laughs> We're gonna take care of this problem real quick because I'm not missing any snaps. Yeah, you know they piss on them. They got they have to piss on the field, right? There's got to be certain areas where it's just like you're gonna get obstructed. They probably go into medical tent to piss. I mean, they caught fucking stupid Sanchez snacking on a hot dog, right? So, oh yeah, listen, these guys eat on the sideline. Yeah, it was just it was the actual phallic hot dog. Get them in. <laughs> That's the weird thing about golf too. Those guys are always eating. I've never seen it. I've seen like clips. Yeah, I mean they cut away like Very right weird. after. They, it's usually when they hit their drives, right? Because they know they have that that time. Get the drink, get the snack, the whatever. Walk from bar. the tea. Yeah. Yeah. Smoking. Yeah. You know, some of those guys are smokers. Ah, they like chain, chain smoking. Right? Out yeah, there they smoking. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, they don't want to show that. <laughs> yeah. You go on Cabrera. Yeah, he'll be. He'll just have a fucking cigar rocket all day long. Love that guy. That's the life. Tis. All right. Let's rock this mother. All right. 